Let me greet you now. Good morning. <laughs> so today we dive into a passage from 2 Corinthians. We are going to be looking to, in chapter 8. We'll continue in chapter 8. We are looking verse 16 to 24. Temba did an incredible work two weeks ago, and last week was uh, Stefan. Uh, an incredible, incredible uh, message last week as well. Uh, we are in part two of our journey in Second Corinthians. This part two is we are looking at the topic of money, money matters. Now, in these few verses, you know when you are reading the Bible, then you get to a certain passage, you start to ask yourself a question, is there something in here? These are those kind of verses where you read, you know, as we are going to read them, um, you then start to ask, where do I see, is, can I see anything of Christ in here? So the question I'm going to try to answer this morning is, how does these verses point us to Jesus? We'll look at that later on, but when we read them, um, this portion of scripture they hold some valuable insights for our lives as Christ followers. And in this passage, the Apostle Paul addresses themes of trust. He addresses themes of integrity and partnership in the gospel. That's what we discover in these, we will find out shortly in these verses. So my prayer for us is that we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit's guidance. Seeking and praying and trusting that as we listen to God's word this morning, we'll listen to it not just as verses or passages just being read or message being preached, that it's going to be part of our day-to-day -day life that would apply the truth of the gospel in our walk with God. That's my prayer. Now, let's dive into the heart of this passage. So, if you have your Bible with you, and uh, it's also there on the screen. I am reading from ESV. But thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. For not only accepted, for he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. I want you to underline that. He is going to you of his own accord. With him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches. Please underline that as well. We are sending a brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us. For the glory of the Lord himself and to show our good will. We take this course so that no one should blame, should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. 
for we aim at what is honorable not only in the Lord's sight but also in the sight of man. And with them we are sending our brother whom we have often tested. That's a very good way to underline. And with them we are sending our brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters. We are talking about money matters, but this brother has been tested in many matters. But who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you? As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. Mm. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. This is the word of God. A lot of incredible stuff. At the heart of this passage, we found Paul commanding Titus and two unnamed, unnamed brothers as trustworthy representatives or trustworthy messengers. And these people, as we read these verses, they embodied qualities that are vital for any Christian community to thrive. They have some qualities that are very important for any Christian community to thrive. The context here, by the way, is that Paul is trying to motivate the churches to help other churches that were suffering, struggling financially, and is making all these collections. Now, you have to understand, Paul is an apostle. Titus is referred to, if you read the book of the, the, the gospel, uh, of Titus, the letter that Paul sent to Titus, Titus chapter 1, you find that Paul is referring to Titus as my son. He was Paul's spiritual son, who, by the way, was a Gentile, God saved, believed the gospel, and now he's serving in Paul's team. Paul is an apostle, and there is also Timothy, who was another young pastor, and then both of them, they ended up leading churches. So just to give you a context about Titus, so these collections are happening. The vision is not Titus' vision, but it is Paul's vision, who is an apostle. He wants to make sure that the churches that are struggling financially, they get to receive support from other churches. Now, when God, Paul got to verse 16, he starts by saying, look at Titus. Titus has got into this journey not because we want him to do. I'm just saying how Paul is putting it. This is because he's got a conviction from the Lord on his heart so that he can buy into this vision. And the qualities that are said in all these verses is integrity, unity, and sacrificial service. But I want us first to look at Titus, the way Paul speaks of Titus. Paul says this, Thanks be to God because of this guy Titus, who put 
into the heart of Titus, the same earnest care I have for you. Now that word earnest, if you go try to check it, it actually in other dictionaries, it speaks about a strong conviction. There is a desire that God has put on Titus. Now something for us to learn is that the vision of the church, when the elders present the vision of the church or any form of collection or calling to the congregation, let's put it in our context, it is not a program that can drive your art in order for you to buy into the vision. You have to make sure that you do the work with God so that God can put a conviction in your art. This is how Christ followers walk. I can never convince you to buy into the vision of the church if the Spirit of the Lord can, does not convince you. Obvious Titus was looking to say, this is a great thing that Paul is calling us to do, but it's interesting for us to hear that, wow, Paul is looking as he was writing. He's excited to see that God has done something in Titus. Titus was not doing it out of any obligation. He was doing it because he believed in the vision, but also because God has done something on his heart. I want to ask you a question if you consider yourself as a member of this community. When we are talking about money matters and other opportunities to save, etc., I want to ask you this. Do you go seek God's guidance and the Holy Spirit to lead you? Do you ask of God to say, God, I really, or do you actually stand and say, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't really matter to me. That's not part of me. Maybe it is left for other guys to do, etc. I want to call you and encourage you to say, it is important to seek God when it comes to any opportunity that is presented before you, especially when it is to do with the kingdom of God. Titus had his only conviction. But let me also say to you, there is a danger of following momentum in a local church, whereby because other people are not doing it, I'm not going to do it. Or other people will do it maybe, and let me just sit back. I want to call us, because these verses, if I was to change the message, this is actually the best part of, the, of this chapter that could actually, we could speak about the vision for our church. Calling the people, explaining why we exist, what we do, etc. This is the best place because if you see how Paul starts, he's just commanding these guys. He's talking about individuals. He's talking about people. Before he can even get to the point of talking about the partnership in the gospel. He said, look at these guys. They've got some qualities that are needed in order for the church to thrive. integrity, unity, and sacrificial service. But also, Paul, besides the integrity part, there is accountability. The passage reminds us of the need to handle financial matters and ministry responsibilities with integrity, but also an accountability. Paul is speaking with in terms of there is a danger here that if it is only Titus going, 
without these other brothers who have been chosen, by the way, and the reason they've been chosen because there is a track record, a track record of good service, a track record of good character. That, that's the reason why they were chosen. But the reason they're going with Titus is so that there is no pointing of fingers on Paul's ministry or any criticism when it comes to the issues of money. You know, money can divide God's people. Also, something we can learn here is that there are no leaders who can choose followers. Every leader has to be chosen by followers. But on what basis? It's on the basis of character. Because integrity cannot be bought. These people, the two men being spoken about, no, there is no name of them. They say they are very famous among churches. Now, famous about what? Besides the preaching of the gospel, is the character that they presented, the way they walk with God. I would like to ask you a question when it comes to the issue of accountability. Do you have people as a Christ follower who are looking into your life and speaking to you? Do you do your Christian life just between you and Jesus, or do you have people in your life who could look at you the same way that Paul looked at these people and he looked at Titus and said, listen, by the way, I want you guys to understand Titus is a partner in the gospel, and these two other brothers, they have been chosen by others based on their characters, based on these qualities. Friends, Christian walk cannot be walked alone. You cannot be a Christ follower on your own. They need to be people can speak of you, and you are the same, you can speak of other people. That's the reason why we encourage people to join community groups. The weekly meetings that we do, we gather in homes. That's the reason why we encourage people to submit to leadership. That's the reason why we encourage people to do life in community. There is no way you can walk alone in the journey. It's just you and Jesus. No ways. We can see the reason these two people were selected and chosen. It was because there were people who watched and looked. It's not like the leaders are there so that they can control people, but it is for their good. Accountability and the issue of integrity. We are sending, we are releasing parts to go and speak to another church. There is a backing from the local church. There is the leadership that is saying, Pat, go be a blessing there. Sometimes you've heard that, oh, I travel, I go to another place. I go save you and there. No, it is with a blessing. There is, we've got people we are accountable to. We are accountable to the eldership team. Besides that, we are part of what we call the advanced movement, which we as elders, we are accountable to the leaders there. This passage or these verses, it challenges us to ensure also transparency and accountability in our dealings within the church and in our stewardship of resources. When resources are given to the church, 
How are those resources being utilized? Paul is saying they have chosen these people so that they can go with Titus so that we can avoid issues. Friends, I'm so grateful in Common Ground Church Weinberg the way that we get to under resources and finances. Maybe you've been coming to this church, you haven't aided us to give the report, financial report, but I want you to know that beginning of next year, now that we've got our own account, I think we've done it in the past, but we were giving reports as one church, many congregations, but as of next year, you will get the report specifically to this community because of the resources that you've entrusted in the hand of the leadership of this church. We want you to know what is happening with those funding. We want you to understand where we are at because it is those kind of things, maybe in the case of Titus, when Titus saw what was happening and God really convincing him, Titus stood up and said, I am getting into this journey because he was convinced maybe because of what he heard, what he saw happening. We want you to be informed, brothers and sisters, about the resources. When we talk about money, you need to know. And it is your right to come to us and ask us about the resources, the finances of this community. Otherwise, you are not going to buy into the vision because you might be thinking other stuff. We want you to have a strong conviction so that what you are giving towards God's work in this community, you know what that is doing. The other thing about accountability and the, the, the transparency is that I don't set up, for example, my own salary. I cannot do that for transparency purposes. There are other people who do that. And thank God, with the changes that we've gone through, God has helped us now as Weinberg to establish a finance team. Again, the reason that finance team is in place so that the finance team can give us questions when it comes to things that we want to do with the resources, with the money. The wise counsel that we need from them. So the other thing we pick up here is trustworthy leadership. Just as Titus and the two unnamed brothers were chosen for their character and dedication, we also as leaders should display great and good character. And I also want to say to us, Christ followers, I know that we cannot tell people to say, do not follow that one, do not follow that one, because you choose. But let me tell you something. We don't choose leaders because they speak well. We follow people because of character. You cannot follow someone from distance. You follow the people you can relate with. Then you have to ask the question, who is the person shaping your theology, who is the person shaping what you are believing, or are you just picking up things from everywhere? No, you must have the leaders, trustworthy leadership, the people that you trust, and you can go to them, you can debate with them when it comes to the issues of doctrine and the issues that matters to your own walk with Jesus. Jesus. 
This passage encourages us to choose leaders who display integrity and a heart for service. It encourages us to choose. You have the choice. Are the people you are trying to choose and allow in your life to shape your belief? Do they have integrity? Do they have good character? Then there is another thing we pick up from these verses is unity and partnership. The emphasis on partnership and collaboration within this passage is incredible. What we've just read here. As believers, we are called to maintain the unity in diversity and to support one another as part of the body of Christ. Now, I have to explain. Senetemba, myself and my wife, who were in Johannesburg last week at what is called Advanced Africa Conference. We do that once a year. Now, that is a very good picture of what gospel collaboration looks like and partnership and support. As a church, we can never reach the city of Cape Town by standing on our own. And here in these verses, it's a great display of unity in the body of Christ. Where Paul, even the collection when it's happening, it's happening amongst churches. And these brothers have been chosen among the churches that are sent. You had pastors preaching here who are not part of Common Ground Church Weinbeck. You are done. You had Collins. The reason these brothers were sent to come, it is a picture of great gospel collaboration that the church, the one congregation cannot stand on its own. Therefore, this partnership in the gospel is very important. As important as it is among the churches, this unit and partnership in the gospel, it is also important amongst Christ followers. As Christians, we have to establish the rhythm of that unity and partnership amongst ourselves. We should not let anything be an obstacle in terms of our relationship to one another. You can see Titus is going with two unnamed people. The reason Paul doesn't put their names, we don't know. But the thing is, Paul did not have a direct impact into their lives or he did not have a direct oversight on them because they were chosen from other churches. But he is sending them with Titus. You can see there that there is a great unity and a desire for collaboration amongst God's people because of one common goal. They want to see the kingdom advance. <clears throat> Friends, unity amongst believers cannot happen when we, we hold too tight to our differences. You know, I, I want this. This is how I do things. This is how I want things to work. Now, there are times if we are to collaborate around the gospel, we have to let go our only preferences so that we can collaborate for the sake of the gospel. 
I'm still going to get to answer the question, how does these verses point us to Christ? So let's look at that question. In looking at these verses, they don't directly mention Christ. But these verses point us to Christ in several ways through the themes and some principles. And the first one is generosity and sacrificial giving. Generosity and sacrificial giving. You pick up that this passage emphasizes on giving and supporting the saints who are in need. This echoes the sacrificial love that Christ demonstrated through his own life and death. There is a picture of Christ. Jesus gave himself sacrificially for the salvation of believers. And this self-giving of himself should inspire our only acts of giving freely and giving of ourselves, whether it is to give of our time, whether it is to give of our resources, because we can look in Christ that he gave himself sacrificially. For our sake. Then the second one we pick up here is the issue of integrity. It doesn't necessarily say, oh, be like Christ. Look at these guys. They were trusted by these people because they are like Christ. But if you read the first letter to the Corinthians, Paul speaks somewhere and said, you have to imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul is calling the Corinthians to say, you have to imitate me as I imitate Jesus. The emphasis on integrity and accountability in these verses aligns with the character of Jesus himself. Jesus was the embodiment of truth and righteousness. And these followers are called to walk in integrity. We are called to walk in integrity we are called to reflect the image of Jesus because when these guys, the fact that they were chosen based on the, they were, the, the, their character, their behavior, it is because they imitated someone. It didn't just come from nowhere. But how do we grow in reflecting the character of Jesus and his integrity? Friends, the only way we can is when we spend time in God's word. The only way we can, it's when we spend time with God in prayer. There is no way that we can reflect the integrity or the character of Jesus even in our workplace if we do it outside of Christ or not connected to Christ himself who is the source of all things. I'll repeat again, integrity cannot be bought. We cannot generate it from somewhere. There are no programs that can cause us to become honest. 
it is the work of the Spirit that the gospel do within in us that can change us and make us more to become more like Jesus. There is another aspect that points us to Jesus is the aspect of leadership and service. When we look at the qualities in Titus and these two brothers, we cannot say, let's be like them. Christ is the ultimate servant leader. The life of Jesus who came not to be saved, but to save. Dear friends, when there is a call, even if we talk about being generous, about money, about service, we are not to look at say, I want to be like Paul. The reason I can imitate Paul because he imitated Christ. But Jesus himself is a great example, ultimate servant leader who came not to be saved but to save. And his model of leadership should guide how we as his followers should conduct ourselves, should give ourselves to the service of the Lord, and should actually inspire us what kinds of leaders we can follow. Or what kind of leaders we want to become. Or we are becoming. Jesus is a servant leader. Who came not to be saved, but to serve us. Again, these verses indirectly, they point us to Christ by encouraging us to embody his character, his teachings, and the examples of how he lived his life in terms of service And the way that he interacted during his ministry time here on earth, how he interacted with, with the holy disciples. Amen. So these verses, they bring to light the profound truth that our actions within the Christian community are a reflection of our commitment to Christ's teaching. The action of Titus and these brothers, they were the reflection of their commitment to Jesus and not the reflection of their commitment to Paul. One can get the vision, but they can get it in their head. But if their heart is not transformed by the power of God and their love for Christ, therefore you got someone who is doing it out of obligation or you got someone who is giving because he wants you to see that they're giving. We are not to be those people. We are to be the people who grow our conviction on the fact that God has done something in us. We are those to go our conviction when it comes to generosity or giving to the local church. We understand what Christ himself has done, that he has given of himself to us. (coughs) 
So I'd say just as Paul held up Titus and the brothers as example of trustworthiness and dedication, so we are called to embody these qualities in our own lives. The qualities of integrity. The qualities of serving sacrificially. The quality of giving ourselves to the service of God without having to do it out of obligations. I wonder whether these two unnamed brothers were paid for what they gave themselves to. It's not mentioned. I wonder whether their motives, which I don't believe, their motive was not to do it because they were going to get something in return, but their motives was right because they were famous. One of them was famous for preaching the gospel of Jesus which means that their desire in their heart was to see the kingdom advance, was to see many people to come to Christ. Friends, if you are members of this church, can I remind you of one thing? That your service to the Lord should not be done from a place of obligation from the eldership. It has to be done because you understand what Christ has done for you. It has to be done because you trust him. Like Titus, Paul was so excited to see his move. I'd love to sit back and look at some of you who are members of this church and say, these are our partners in the gospel. Not these are the Christians who come, who are consumers, then they go and come again and they consume and they go. No. Paul calls Titus, is the partner in the gospel. Will you be our partner in the gospel? Paul's an apostle. I can say that. We can say, we can borrow Paul's word and say, will you be our partners in the gospel? So that we don't stand as elders feeling like we are doing this on our own. We have been chosen, trusted, given this responsibility by people. We did not choose you. You chose the leadership. Your lives have been entrusted to the leadership of the church. Therefore, it is our responsibility to point you to the ultimate servant leader who is Christ. But it is for all of us, therefore, to follow his way of life so that together we can see the kingdom advance in this city, especially in Wyoming. May this passage guide us in our pursuit of Christ-likeness, encouraging us to actively participate in building this community. And this must be marked by love because that's how it ends in verse 24, transparency and service to the Lord. 
Paul is saying to these guys, we always boast of you. Now we want you to demonstrate it to these brothers who are coming. Show them the all love that you have to show them. Can I call us to respond to this message with hearts open to the transformation that the Holy Spirit can work in us? I know some of you are sitting to say, Andre, we were waiting for point one, two, and three, but I want to tell you this. The message in these verses, though not directly pointing us to Christ, but indirectly the principles in these verses, they demonstrate that if we can embodies the qualities that we pick up in these men, we can serve the Lord freely without having to feel as though there is a weight being put on us because we are following Christ and him alone. And it is only him we are serving. Can I invite us to stand? And I'm going to ask Mon Laden to please come forward. Friends, there are the primary the primary way these Verses communicates the good news of Jesus Christ is when we look at the sacrifice of Titus and these two unnamed brothers. Their generous attitude to say yes to the call. Just as Christ said yes to come and pay the price for us. I would love to call us to reflect on the love of Christ, his grace that has brought us all together this morning. The existence of the church has come to be because of Christ giving up, giving himself as a sacrifice. As I was preparing personally, I felt so encouraged and reminded of all that we do for Christ, for our God, it's not in vain. Paul is asking the Corinthians to say that you have to really embrace, just to paraphrase, these brothers, show them all the love. Friends, I want to be among those who would love to embrace other people and show them all the love that they deserve, that the Lord would show them. I want to be one of those people who would give my time without having to question and having to think that is my time wasted. 
or not. I want to give my time freely. And I want to call us as Christ followers to reflect on that, to reflect on the act of these men. And can I invite us to bow our heads in prayer? I want you to take a moment just to think about your current relationship to the vision of the church where God has blessed you, your current involvement into this community if you consider yourself as a member of this church. Has the Lord done some work in you that would cause you to say, yes, I believe in the vision of this church. I am happy to sacrifice, to give of my time and myself to this journey. Or if you haven't got to that point yet, will you ask God this morning to say, Father, help me to see what I don't see. Dear Lord, help me to hear you where I'm not clear. Father, bring clarity where this is where you want me to save you. Stefan said something last week that this is not just a talk about money. It is the condition of our hearts. Before even the act itself. My prayer is that God would give you the same desire that we stand with as the leaders of this community to see the gospel impact and transform many lives in this area and in Cape Town. May the Lord give you that desire. May the Lord give you a desire to embrace the vision of this church as your own. May the Lord help you to be generous with your time, your resources, in and through this community. Father Lord, I thank you. I bless your name. I pray that this morning, Lord, you will do your work in and through us, through your words, the way that we've listened. Won't you grow the seed? Won't you to speak to us individually, God, as we leave this place? Won't you continue to do your work in us? May we reflect you, Jesus. May we be generous with our time. May we be generous with our resources. May we display your love, O oh God, within the church and out of this community. I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Dear Lord, I want also to pray for those who have sacrificially and continue to sacrificially giving towards 
your mission, the vision of this community, whether it is time, whether it's leading a ministry, whether it's opening up their homes. God, there are so many of them in this room who are already sacrificing for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you continue to empower them. You continue to bless them. You continue to remember them. That you continue to grow them in that desire to save you. I pray this in your name, Lord. Amen.